on the African continent, it is rather easy to meet people, but it's not necessarily that easy to meet the right people. So be it to, to do business, or if you want to find also, as you were saying, for our team to find the right talent is also often a kind of a challenge. Hello. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful episode of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs podcast. Today we have two amazing, let me call them Stallion, two amazing ladies with us today. And um, they are kind of unique because they're actually making things happen, not just sitting on the sideline talking and talking and just complaining, but actually making things happen. Today we have Melanie Dago. Um, she's the co-founder of the Business Club Africa. She's in charge of sales and business development acquisitions, based in West Africa for 10 years and recently moved to Canada. And she's a business matchmaking expert. And her co-founder, Nadia Mrabit, half, um, half Moroccan, I would say. She's half African. And she grew up in Austria in a multicultural setting, a citizen of the world, as she calls herself. And um, she's, she's, interested, uh, she's interested in meeting um, other cultures and discovering new places, traveling, and nature. And she strongly believes that we all have a role to play in improving our livelihoods all across the world. So, Melanie, Nadia, welcome to this show today. Thank you very much, Victor. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite a mouthful when I introduce two guests anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just go like, keep on going until, you know. So how is it going, guys? <laughs> going great. Going great. You know, it's Friday. So happy Friday. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so let me start with you. What is, um, how are you guys coping during this um during this pandemic? Oh, that's a tough question. Nad, you want to you wanna start? <laughs> okay, sure. Thank you for passing it to me. Um, <laughs> that's an honor. Um, so how, how are we coping with all this? I think seriously, at the end of the day, out of uh, something negative, there's always something positive. So there are quite some opportunities out there. So... Basically, you just have to open your eyes, open your ears and everything and um, let the doors open and um, yeah, and you find the really different, or maybe sometimes different ways to do things. So I believe it's, uh, it's not such a bad thing, uh, be it professionally, but also personally. So yeah. Well, in our case, yeah. I mean, most of our work was online already. So of course we had, you know, trips uh, plan to Africa that we couldn't, you know, do, but, um, we kind of work around the clock anyway. So, uh, for us, it was just being stuck in one place only and, and, you know, working, but otherwise we have a distributed team. Um, and, uh, so like working from home was not a big challenge for us. We're used to have mobile, uh, offices, and working from you know airports so it's okay we just had to like making sure that we do have some sort of a social life like everybody else and making sure that we you know we train a bit we get moving a bit and not just you know sit in front of our computers but beside that i mean we're still standing right we're, we're doing great 
so because I was kind of like wanting to ask you how how has the um transition been? Like are you guys more um yeah, you've mentioned that you guys are more online, so there's not a huge transition there. But have you got um visual teams in Africa? If we have a visual team, then we yeah here? yeah visual teams in Africa like assistants and all those kind of yeah we we have people based in uh, several countries and we weren't based there anyway in the first place so you know again we would uh, use all the same tools like everybody else you know Slack WhatsApp uh, Zoom already so um, we're uh, yeah. That was not a big, uh, you just have to make sure you have a good internet connection, which in mm-hmm. certain African countries can be tricky, but uh, otherwise it works fine. Works fine. Yeah, so how, how, how did you guys meet to come up with this idea of um, organizing a business club for African C-suite execs? <laughs> um, I would say, so the, the idea came out actually of our own experience um, because um, as, a, as we are business people for uh, like Melanie and myself and uh, our other partners uh, for uh, many, many years already, at least 10 years plus for each of us. And um, we realized that in general um, on the African continent, it is rather easy to meet people, but it's not necessarily that easy to meet the right people. So be it to to do business or if you want to find also, as you were saying, for our team to find the right talent is also often a kind of a challenge. Um, So uh, that's basically where the idea came from, from our own experiences. And what we did afterwards is to challenge this idea or to test it. Uh, So we actually uh, made a survey and interviewed quite a lot of uh, like over 120 different uh, people, so senior level uh, executives in different industries, in different African countries, but also outside of Africa, but working or doing business in Africa. And actually the, the vast majority of, uh, of the people we've uh, surveyed and interviewed had the same, uh, had the same experience. Um, so that's basically how we decided, okay, there is definitely a gap and we should, we should bridge it. How could we do that? And we came up then with the idea of having this business club, which is basically an exclusive community, um, and, uh, where we focus really on, on quality rather than quantity. So we are not an African LinkedIn, let's say, but we are more into, uh, a community and network of peers but in a like really well, um, uh, how should I say, well selected and uh, really with a with a similar philosophy of actually really uh, kind of a win win and uh, also of uh, of sharing knowledge, of uh, sharing experience, sharing network, sharing business opportunities to really help each of us grow their own business as we're all business people. Yeah, that was great because I really like that. But you said that was, um, it's not like the um, African business LinkedIn, you know? So why why the exclusivity of of it, Melanie? Uh, well, because it's important to have highly qualified, like having quality members. So when we introduce a member to another member, because we receive all kinds of different requests, let's say, 
Um, I'm interesting in uh, opening my, you know, so expanding my, uh, my business to a new market, let's say uh, DRC. Uh, but I don't know anybody there and I'd like to find a supplier uh, or a distributor, you know, uh, or just some legal advice. Um, where do I start? And again, as Nadia was saying, uh, usually you can start by perhaps the Chamber of Commerce or your embassy and they're extremely useless. They're so useless. <laughs> so um, we've all experienced it. And um, so what you need is you start talking to people who are actually, you know, doing business in that market. And that's how you, then you start working on your network and hopefully you get some leads. Is it a good one? You don't know. Um, so when you use Business Club Africa, you know that the person we're going to put you in touch with has always already been selected by us we've talked to that person we talk to every single member a few times a year to make sure that we still know exactly what they do in which countries uh, etc and um so that's why it's so important that we do validate the profile of each individual um it's not free either so people are paying to be members they get services in return obviously but also committing to paying a certain fee, um, you're serious already, you know? So uh, you're willing to truly participate in a club. It's not like time consuming or anything like that, but you know you're part of a private network that you can rely on. So that's pretty much, you know, summarize oh. it. And that's great because I was thinking, because one thing, one thing that really, really, attracted me to to like speak to you guys is you know the current situation right now for african entrepreneurs can you just throw some light on how are they coping right now or some coping mechanism that they've actually like instilled because there's no the infrastructural deficit is real so how are they coping with the current situation um Obviously, what I, what I, to start with, I would say in general in Africa, the nice, let's say, DNA we have and also our, from our experience in Africa, it's, it's the resilience. So in general, in Africa, we always find we're very creative. So we always find solutions where a lot of other people, if I may say from other places in this world, would be like, overwhelmed and like oh, what what can we do it's it's a catastrophe i will give a very simple example for that but if if you take for instance uh, uh you know I, I think of people were in the streets of uh, for instance of burkina faso where actually uh, melanie and myself met back in the days where you could see people just with some some ways they collected like uh, different things they built uh, a nice giraffe i don't have it here unfortunately but i used to have it with me all the time so a very nice piece of art or they could create um they could sell sell back uh, these ways to actually get money and do something else so i think this is already something very um, important to start with uh, and explains as well the way that in general um, in Africa, businesses, be it, uh, yes, entrepreneurs or also in big companies and stuff, the way actually to, to, uh, to react and change. It's like, it's like a cat, you know, you, 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 
a cat can jump from the third floor, fall into their feet. This is exactly how I see Africans in general, and especially African businessmen and businesswomen. So um, for uh, African entrepreneurs and African businesses, especially in this specific crisis in those unprecedented times, uh, fact is there are so many examples across the continent of, of companies that have uh, really in a very, um, very rapid way changed the way they were doing business. So be it uh, large companies that, for instance, were brewing beer, they said, okay, no, we will, uh, we will, uh, we will actually give some alcohol to other companies who will actually uh, do the alcohol, the, the gel that we're all using, the disinfectant. Uh, others would just, um, like in the tech business, like within a weekend, there were many uh, virtual hackathons that were made across the continent and the uh, young techies were really thinking of new ways to do stuff. Or I don't know, in Senegal, we're also... Um, 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 how do you say that? Delivery, delivery companies, uh, delivery startups—they really helped out for a lot of things to to make it happen. While uh, Dakar was in, was in a total lockdown for quite some weeks, so that's what I mean. They're all coping, of course, in their own manner, but they find ways, and uh, it's also a lot related to solidarity. So they will discuss with other businesses, with the, their network again, to find solutions together or how they could help each other, even when they're in the same uh, in the same sector. Oh, because funny that you say that because some some of the resistance, the um, some of the ways that some business in 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 Nigeria actually coped was that let's take the um, the fashion industry. Most of them had to like switch to making protective gears for for the healthcare sector, and it has really brought this this connection between different industry that wouldn't actually normally speak to each other, but now they can actually like connect with each other. What is the importance of connection, do you think, in, um, in Africa, Melanie, for African businesses, the importance of connection? Well, I think that uh, Kagami says it perfectly, how important it is for African countries to stop looking outside and just start doing more business among each other. Another reason why... Um, you know, business, we decided to launch Business Club Africa was that um, we, we both, well, all of the partners, we, we worked in French speaking countries and English speaking countries. And there's such a big difference between French speaking countries and English ones. And they basically don't um, do business together. And it's a pity. And um, it's extremely important that there's more uh just more opportunities for all the business uh managers to even meet you know from different from different countries and have more ways of uh doing business um there's this in french we say zlek and i have no idea what they're called in english um you know the the economic zone for that do you know the word in english like the acronym zlek zlek is it like the economic... Yeah, the... <laughs> what is that? <laughs> la zone, la zone d'échange euh, africaine. Comment ça s'appelle? C'est pas ça, la ZLEC? Ah, le nouveau... Ce qu'ils viennent de faire, AFTA. Oui. The, the agreement for the free trade, you mean? Yes, yes, yes. among African countries. Yeah. 
Oh. Okay. Well, that's that's a great uh, you know initiative because um, at the end of the day, just like Nad was saying, I mean, they know how to do business. They they don't need to be taught anything. Uh, yes, perhaps being a bit more connected. I think that you'll have young entrepreneurs really like helping out and finding solutions. But the the solutions have to be local. Um, the impact of COVID in Africa doesn't seem to be that bad because they've never, Africa never, you know, they didn't move all of their industries to China. Of course, they were importing a lot, but they can also create everything locally. I mean, they have the manpower, they have the resources, the cost of electricity is always a big problem, uh, but to be competitive on a worldwide market, but I mean, they've got everything to just face that and you know, be independent and all of this, not so hurt. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a wonderful thing because we're still, we're still, it is, uh, for me, it is a great thing for Africa right now because like you said, which is right, we've not been, we've not actually been to the, the level of the West. Yeah. So there's still great room for us to improve and we don't have these, these shackles but we can actually build something where we where where they are right now. So there's a bridge. So you spoke we um, we are diasporans, anyways. So what's the importance of diasporans in Africa to Africa? Melanie, this is for you. What is, is the importance of diasporans in Africa as a bridge to the West? As a bridge to the West. Uh, how about just for themselves, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm a big believer that, uh, you know, we have to stop saying, you know, to this whole development of Africa. I think Africa has its, uh, everything that it needs, um, its own solutions. Um, they have to decide for their own future. What's happening right now, um, they're looking at the West and they're like, wow, you guys are like, you're, you're living this crisis and it's crazy versus in Africa, it's not, it's not as crazy and chaotic. And, and hopefully it's a, also, it'll be a way for, for people to just realize that they really don't need the West and they don't need China. They can do everything for themselves and really increase even the businesses among each other between countries and they'll be the winner in all of this you know so and that will never come from their governments so do not wait for governments to suddenly you know Kagami is the only person is a bit proactive verbally at least um you there are few others but otherwise i mean i think it's going to come from the private sectors and you have enough creative minds locally to make things happen so um yeah just you know don't look outside just locally is uh, is perfect yeah, we we have um an influx of digital healthcare moving into africa right now and i have interviewed quite some i've interviewed some some entrepreneurs who are into digital headspace right now delivery over about three, four countries in West Africa. So they're seeing a huge rise and this can be an, an aha moment for all of us to like 
even in the diaspora, like, you know what, let's go. And and I quite agree with you that Kigami is, is, is just leading the way right now. And I hope the other leaders would follow and be more, be more vocal about it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. He does create uh, hope and, you know, then you, there's a lot of young entrepreneurs looking up at him and just like, the, it's very refreshing to finally have a political figure who truly believes in his own people and, and what they can accomplish versus waiting for China to find something and like we can do everything locally. Like he took a very strong decision for the, for his uh, textile industry, for example. And so it's nice. That's how it's very important to support um, your local industries. Unfortunately, most governments again are very useless, um, but the private sector can come together. And as Nadia was giving a lot of examples, um, it is happening. It is happening. Yeah, you mentioned something very nice just now, the private sector. Nadia, do you think the private sector can be the, be the pillar or the saviors of Africa, kind of, when it comes to um, the African rising movement? Yeah, definitely. I believe, as Melanie was saying, it's actually the, the catalyzer, the engine. So, of course, you have other, let's say, forces or levers, pillars that can help you, like, yes, governments and others, but the private sector is really, the people and the private sector are the real uh, engine of, of, of any change. And, um, uh, and, and you see it every day in, across Africa, north, south, east, west. I mean, a lot of things, a lot of change, a lot of innovation, etc. comes at the end of the day. It's really uh, the private sector that is leading that uh, ahead. And um, I believe it's just a few, let's say, a few, um, a few tools maybe that are sometimes missing. Um, you have also the question of, uh, of uh, financing, of getting access to finance. So banks uh, are, are I mean, are offering some credits and you name it. But uh, if you take some examples uh, of uh, interest rate in some countries, uh, if I take, for instance, Ghana, I mean, it's double digit, the, 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 the interest rate you have. So uh, who would actually take such a credit? Seriously, no one. So there is kind of a very uh, risk aversion and uh, maybe too much of a caution of, uh, of the banking sector in general and across Africa, even though things are moving, etc. But that's why how you see that, for instance, fintechs and stuff are coming in and there are others that are actually um, entering this missing middle uh, spot or space to actually help SMEs, for instance, across Africa, because these are the real engines in Africa. That's like 90% of the companies or even more are, are actually SMEs or MSMEs, so micro, small and medium enterprises. So there's definitely something with the financing that has to be uh, done to support. And this is why a lot of, um, of, um, of co companies and entrepreneurs are actually, um, how should I say, they're, they're counting on the three Fs. So there's uh, friends, fools, and fa friends, families, and fools. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> the banks are 
are not necessarily there. And you can talk to so many, uh, you know, uh, business people or like, yeah, entrepreneurs or you name it across, across the continent. And all the time, most of the time they say, yeah, it's, it's a crazy uncle of mine who said, oh yes, yeah, why not? I'll give you the money to start that. So yeah, fine, perfect. Or you were talking to a friend and they gave you a bit of money to do your business. So, or, or even yourself, you're like, okay, you will invest yourself out of your savings because you believe in your, in your idea and you make it happen at the end of the day. So you're not waiting. So it's maybe also what Melanie was saying earlier. So it's, um, also, the private sector in general is is uh, is um, is a sector that does not wait for things to happen from outside. If you're waiting for yes for the government, the banks, you name it, any donors, etc., to make things happen, it could, but it will take so long. You don't have the time as a private sector. Things have to be done even yesterday. It's not about today or tomorrow. You, you need to be fast and uh, act and react fastly. Then I would say also with another thing that should be improved also, but it's also in the way, I mean, it's also ongoing now, it's of course the, the, the access to internet because it's critical now to, to do business. I mean, even in really remote areas uh, in, uh, I don't know, in, in Zambia, you, you will find people with smartphones, uh, you know, doing their business, talking to, to people, et cetera, to their suppliers, et cetera, clients directly on their phone, somewhere sitting under a tree and that's it. So there are definitely things, but at the end of the day, yes, the private sector is the catalyzer, is the engine of, of the change in Africa and rapid change. And I think this whole situation of COVID is showing actually already and will show even further that Africa, you know, the, the way we, we do business in Africa or do things in Africa in general, people outside will open their eyes and see, ah, yeah, they, they don't need the others, they can do it themselves. They have their own way or we have our own way and, and that's it. So do it, make it happen. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Nike will come and sue yeah. me. <laughs> a lot of money. Maybe I should change my word, but make it happen. I don't know if somebody did, did it already, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, yes, one, the, the one wish, the one wish, the one wish I have for Africa is I will not say inclusion, but power, electricity. In my country, in Nigeria, electricity is, it's, it's not where it's supposed to be, but that's my one wish for them. What is your one wish for, for Africa, for African entrepreneurs, business climate? What's your one wish? Um, wow, that's a tough question. Uh, yeah, I totally share uh, the power uh, with you. Um, I would say, and it's the, it's the same struggle for every entrepreneur around the world, but access to finance is, uh, is, is very tough. Um, and and we, we, have, we work with a pool of investors uh, at Business Club Africa for all kinds of like different sizes from uh, like private funds, people representing family fortunes, so like the IFC, uh, World Bank, etc. But um, and they struggle also to find good deals. And Neda and I are always shocked because we 
we talk to so many people all the time and they represent great businesses and they've been established for, for a while and all they need is, um, you know, maybe half a million to buy more equipment or, you know, different for different reasons. And it's just so hard to, uh, find yeah have access you go to the bank they'll give you a credit that you have to pay back within two years at like 10 or 12 percent so they kill you right you know at the beginning um and then it's hard to get a, a chance to pitch your your deck to any vcs and so and that's a big that's a that's a that really slows down their their expansion for sure so i would I would say that my wish is that they would have more access to um, flexible finance, like perhaps a bank that can understand, not just a bank, banks are crooks anyway. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, uh, better access to finance for sure. Okay. Yeah, Nadia. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I fully agree with you two guys, definitely. I would go also in terms of let's say of the human side of it. So it's really, I believe also from my own experience and talking to a lot of, um, of um, yeah, African business people and general business people in the world is, um, it's critical to, to grow your network with the right people because without having the right people around. So it could be, of course, for instance, that you have, for instance, access to finance because you know someone in your network that, for instance, can can help you to get, uh, yeah, a good, uh, introduce you to an investor or introduce you to, to a bank that uh, believes in your project or in your business, uh, you name it. But also, uh, if you need, as Melanie was saying earlier, if you need, for instance, if you want to expand, if I take her example, if you want to expand to DRC, you've never been there or you don't know, um, and uh, you need some legal advice, you need uh, someone to tell you, okay, you should work for instance with this and this supplier but not with this one because this one is a crook and stuff like that so your network in general is key and it's important for you to build it and to nourish it you know it's like a plant so you need to give it water uh, to talk to your plant to love your plant and stuff like that to make it uh, to make it grow and at the end of the day actually by building and growing your network with the right people, you will be able to grow your business in a very sustainable manner. So for me, this is what I wish for all uh, African uh, businesses. That's great. That's great. So think you're talking about connection. What your, your, your business, um, your business, African uh, business, business club, Africa, it's all about connection, getting the right pool of um, people together with a certain amount of skills or with a minimum requirement. What is your hope for the next, say the next 90 days to, to 12 months for your business? That we can fly easily everywhere, <laughs> all over <laughs> Africa. This is my wish number one. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, I think this is the best wish. Yeah, can we go back already? Yeah. Uh, um, 90 days is very short. Um, but um, 12, 12 months. 12 months. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the club, uh, I would say there are certain, uh, we'd like to recruit more members in certain countries because uh, in, in, 
yeah, in certain countries, for example, Somalia, which is a quite difficult to do business there. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of members, for example. So um, I would say that, yeah, within the next 12 uh, months, we'd like to have more people in certain countries. Uh, we have a wait list that we need to, uh, com we need to complete the onboarding of uh, that wait list. Um, it takes some time because as I said, you know, we verify the profiles, we talk to everybody. Um, Nadia is more in charge of the business matchmaking. We've received a bunch of requests and, and it's nice to see that there's more and more people collaborating together um, and perhaps do a bit more PR about the club because, you know, we're fantastic. <laughs> hey. Yay! Hey, I'm a fan already. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. <laughs> So what's the, so what's your wish Nadia for the club? Twelve months. No, I guess it's uh, so I fully agree and luckily with what Melanie was saying. Yeah, luckily <laughs> partners in business, partners in crime. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, um, I think it's also for us what is important is uh, maybe the last part what Melanie was mentioning is also this uh, business or like targeted or customized business matchmaking service that, we are, that we're offering to all our members. So basically it's according to a member's need, we will help him or her find, for instance, uh, a potential new client um or uh, some potential new business partners so for instance we've we've put in touch just to give you a few examples but uh from for instance uh one member that was looking to uh in those specific covid times to actually take this opportunity to write articles and she wanted to be um broadcasted and on different uh uh, large uh, media and stuff so we put in touch we put her in touch with another of our members and it it happened so it was nice when I opened uh, last week the newsletter of a very big uh, uh, newspaper uh, and I found her on the first page saying okay that uh, this uh, this person had actually uh, had an article on a specific topic so that's that's for us a very good sign but also for putting together, for instance, um, one member with another, they're in two different countries. And basically, it, uh, one had, a, had his business for over 20 years now. And actually, uh, talking to the other member, um, we figured out, okay, that could be something interesting to put them in touch so that one of them could diversify, actually, uh, his business in his country with this uh, with this business from this other member so uh, just to give you some examples of or of course um, also for uh, to find new suppliers for instance or uh, to find uh, some legal advice so we have also a bunch of uh, of really um, um, really great um, business lawyers in different uh, countries dealing with different uh, topics so business lawyers for instance for mining and stuff like that so we put them then in touch 
with the right people, but also, of course, uh, as Melanie was saying, also with investors. So because investors are struggling to find uh, good bankable uh, projects or businesses they want to invest in. And on the other side, you have a lot of businesses in Africa that are really struggling while they have a very good uh, project or very flourishing business, but they need further money to expand, for instance. So that, that's basically what we're, what we're doing. And for, for us, it's also over the next year to see more and more of these uh, business matchmaking, uh, concrete business matchmaking we're doing uh, that actually, uh, yes, are, are really uh, happening and becoming concrete and uh, help uh, each of these members to, to grow. Yeah, and um, I think this is, this is really uh, important and, and uh, critical. And maybe if I, may, if I may just add, so also I think, uh, for us, it's to also like our members that we have already now, they're very happy in terms of the time also we're, we're saving them by putting them together, you know, by putting them in touch based on their requests on their needs. Because what we've realized also, and that's what we do with our club, because we, we have a very pragmatic approach because we've been also ourselves or, or still in some clubs uh, or been also in networking cocktails and whatsoever. And we've seen also the limits. Um, and also talking, as we said, with all the people we surveyed and also the members we're in touch on a regular basis. And at the end of the day, we're all business people. We don't have much time to spend and stuff. So it's not about each month. I have to go uh, to this specific event and show my face and whatsoever and talk to three, four people, which at the end of the day doesn't bring me much. So for us, it's really okay. Yes. You need, uh, today you need to find a new client over there. Then because you got this new client, you need to find, uh, for instance, in another country, uh, a local partner uh, to do the job with you. Fine, perfect. You just, you can contact us for pretty much anything. And that's every time. And as Melanie was saying, we're kind of uh, almost around the clock. And especially because we're an online business and we're spread out. Uh, it's it's in terms of time zones, it's quite a, it's yeah. quite a broad, broad <laughs> thing. So you take it here as an opportunity as well. Um, so it's to actually it is, we, it is an opportunity actually. Yeah, no, no, but sometimes yeah. it can be a bit tricky when you want to talk and you're like, ah, no, the person is still sleeping because over there it's night. But fine, fair enough. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, again, the importance is to make it happen in a very efficient and effective manner. Okay. And is the club, is the, is the business club kind of niche bound or is there any scope to it or um, any business or how, how, how is it? Um, it's, uh, it's across all industries. So, but, you know, since it's people doing business in Africa, it's the, like the typical industries, meaning we have a lot of people in mining, energy, oil and gas, renewable uh retail um agriculture uh tech so it's really across all industries um as we mentioned most well all members are senior level so most of them i would say they're above 40 years old um and they have you know a good 15 years of experience so um, so when you, when we introduce you to someone, 
you know you're talking to someone who's qualified you know they have enough experience they know what they're talking about they're um expert in their uh in their job okay. so just to give you an example also of titles let's say we'll have country managers of big oil and gas companies uh we'll also have their procurement managers and their hr managers because they can post their procurement and their job offers on our marketplace um, we'll have, um, you know, VP sales, business development directors. Um, we have consultants in different areas, let's say agriculture experts. Uh, we have legal advisors, lawyers, as um, Nadia was saying. So it's all very senior level uh, managers. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. We, actually, we actually need that. We need all, all hands to be on deck to elevate and then connect everyone yeah. that is meaning well for the continent. So mm -hmm. I'm really grateful. So one last thing. Is there any last word for, um, for an entrepreneur, a business person that is going through these rocky, uncertain times right now? Just one word and we'll wrap up. Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Straight from the heart. <laughs> yeah, cash flow, cash flow is a nightmare for everybody. Yeah. Don't give up. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to say keep going. So it's keep, going. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. So keep going, keep going. Yeah. guys. Don't yeah. give up. Keep yeah. going. Don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. So, We're all yeah. on the same boat. So yeah. keep going. Yeah. yeah. We're all in the same boat. So, guys, um, Melanie and, and Nadia, they've been doing an amazing job connecting, which is human connection, which is one of the most vital key because actually mm -hmm. at the end of the day, business is people to people, person mm -hmm. to person. So the connection is the number one key, and they have um, they've been running this for a very, very, no, they've been very successful running this now. How long have you guys been running this? Nan, okay, I thought you were, Nan, I thought you were oh, gonna say no, sorry, there was a delay. Yeah, I just remembered. How long are you uh, guys running this? Now we uh we officially launched we 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 gathered our network um just last fall in two thousand and nineteen. Okay. Uh but we've been as you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh we have the partners all together, we have between 20, 10 and 25 years experience uh, doing business in Africa, growing our network. So, uh, but officially, uh, we've decided to bring the network online on a platform uh, back in fall 2019. I must yes. commend you guys because putting this together is not, it's not, it is not easy. easy. Yeah, no. <laughs> so making this, having the idea is one thing, but yeah. making it happen. Yeah. And it's going well, so we're happy. Yes. We get great results. Yeah, great results. I'm, I'm, I'm happy as well. Being, <laughs> um, being a part of it, I am happy. Yeah. You know, and um, if there's any way I could push this forward, I'm very, very happy to do that. Well, thank and, you for the invitation to your yeah. podcast. So yeah. it's already great. Yeah. And then, uh, see, if you want to connect with real business people, qualified business people, and have great masterminds. Business Club Africa, it is actually where you should 
be on the waiting list because you can't just jump in. Come be on the waiting list and you will be like um, spoken to. So if they want to connect with you guys, Nadia, Melanie, they want to connect with you. How can they reach out to you? Uh, they can go on businessclubafrica.com and they can send us an email from there. There's a contact us page um, and we're always around within two business days. Usually we reply to people. Oh, great. So yeah. it's quite straightforward anyways. You don't need me to like tell you that. So straightforward. Go to the website, Business Club Africa and yeah. get in touch with either Melan. Just fill in the form and yeah. yeah. And play around the website, you'll see what may interest you. You know, on that note, I would say thank you very much, Nadia. Thank you very much, Natalie, uh, Melanie. Thank you I'm very so much. Grateful. I'm so grateful and honored that you guys showed up. Thank you. It was a pleasure to spend yeah, it's, been, it's been a great conversation, anyways. Thanks to you. Thank you. Right, bye. See you guys. Take care. Bye. bye. So thank you very much for being part of the show. We really appreciate you here. Listen, we all have ideas and visions of how we see our lives, our enterprise. But without strategic moves, it will remain a pipe dream. As an accountability coach and your success partner, I help and support my clients to build their dream business or their dream lifestyle and make it a reality. So talk to me today, no matter how crazy your your business vision is or how crazy your ideas are, we can build structure to make it a reality. So send me an email or click the link below to talk about your ideas now. It is your dream. It came to you for a reason. So be responsible because the world is waiting for you to act. Thank you. Until next time, this is Victor Osio. Be great.